We've shared in depth about the aspects of the parable of the sour. And we've touched on the three soils. The soil that is the wayside soil, which is the hard soil. It does not receive the seed. We've touched on the soil that is rocky. It does not give room for the seed to be able to take its root inside. Although the seed starts to grow, it has no opportunity to be able to take the roots inside so that it find, may find moisture. It likes moisture. And then we touched on the, thorny, on the thorny ground, the soil that has caught too many thorns in it, too many weeds, to the extent that they choke the seed. The seed is not able to grow, to be able to bring fruit. And the last time we started touching on the good soil. But we will put a hold, because it's as if the Lord wants us to attend to our soil. It is something that is, is placed in my heart so heavily this week, and I'll just share it as it was placed in my spirit. And it centered on this name, Jesus. As he looked on the aspect of the, the condition of the soils, or the condition of the hearts of my people. For he says, just like in the message that has been passed across in the newsletter, that it is the Father's pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. But for the kingdom to be established and made manifest in you and in me, it needs to find the soil that it will be able to express itself in. It will be able to send its roots right deep into that particular soil, into that heart, and get rooted and established to the extent that nothing can be able to move or shake it. The word of God says, for the kingdom of God is not in word. It's not a mere word that we just speak for the sake of speaking. He says the kingdom of God is in power. It must show the demonstration and the manifestation of itself in that particular life or in that particular atmosphere where it is. It is not a myth or a legend. No, it is reality. It changes our lives. It empowers us and makes us to be different in the society or in the place where we are. Whether it be in our families or wherever it is that we may turn ourselves. That is the kingdom. And he says it is the Father's kingdom to pleasure to give unto you and unto me the kingdom. But then again in that message he will say that you know. But the kingdom advances forcefully. And the forceful lay hold of it. Indicating. Although the kingdom has been given unto you and unto me, we must be forceful to lay hold of it. Otherwise, there is great opposition that seeks to snatch away that particular kingdom and that favor and that blessing that God desires to release in your life and in my life as his children. And from today, I want you to purpose in your heart just like as we are, uh, the word is continually on on our newsletter, please make a point. I am going to be forceful. I'm not going to be passive. I'm not going to be naive anymore. I must reach out and take what has been availed for me in the name of Jesus Christ. For the kingdom advances forcefully. You must become forceful. 
And so for the soil to be able to achieve what the Father has desired it to achieve, realize something about, interesting about the Father. We touched it last time. Jesus called the Father to be a farmer because he says he is the vine, but the Father is the vine dresser. The Father is a gardener. He loves taking care of the soils. And, you know, ensuring that the, the vine, that Jesus, who grows within that particular soil, the soils that I'm looking at, he wants to make sure that that particular vine is, you know, it has all the necessary nutrients and what have you to, for it to grow strong, that it brings forth branches. And the desire of the Father is always one. Jesus tells us that desire is in John chapter 15, verse 8. It is, you know, the Father, in these the Father is glorified. That you bear much, not little, much fruit. That is what the Father loves and he delights in. To see fruit in you, to see fruit in me. As he sees those fruits on those particular branches, he says, yes, I've done a good job. Just like any gardener delights in that. So if you want to make the Father's heart glad, and I want to make the Father's heart glad, let us make a point and a choice from today that my soil must be prepared. My soil, I must cooperate with the Father as he works in me by his Spirit. The Father works in us by the Holy Spirit. As he works in us, I will submit. I will let go of the rock I've been holding as a small stone I've been holding on and hindering the, the, you know, the, the, the root of the vine from penetrating in that area of my life. I'm going to let go so that that spirit can remove that rock and the seed can be able to send forth its root into that region and into that area of my life, into that facet of my mind. It will send forth the roots and Jesus will be fully established as the vine in that particular soil to bring forth fruit in abundance. In the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. There's a place in Isaiah where Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah chapter 5. Or you can read it alone in your own time. He talks of the, my father, the father has, my beloved one has a, vine, a vineyard. And he speaks of how he planted the vineyard and he surrounded it properly and, you know, prepared it. Because he was hoping he would find fruit. But when he came, he found the, the, that vineyard never gave him any fruit. So he got mad with that particular vineyard and he said he removed the fences and what have you and let it to the wind, left the wind to work on it and destroy that vineyard. Jesus speaks again of the same in, in John chapter 15 when he shares and he says, the branch that does not bear fruit, the father cuts it off so that it does not come by, it does not burden the vine. He cuts it off. But the one that bears fruit, he comes and he prunes it. He takes care of it to make sure it will bear much fruit. The choice is yours and the choice is mine. Let us get into the depths of what, into what we want to share today. Today we are going on the axis of intercession and the axis of prayer to look into our hearts for the preparation. And We've sung over and over again in those songs. I was writing some of those particular things down as that, that song as that when I heard the dear one singing it in the morning. That you know, Jesus' name is power. Jesus' name is might. Jesus' name will break every stronghold. Jesus' name is life. 
Jesus' name is healing. Jesus' name brings sight. Jesus' name frees every captive. Jesus' name is holy. That it is different. It is unique. It is other. There is no other like this particular name, Jesus. It is above every other. It is our rock. And Jesus' name is our cornerstone. It is our light. Interesting. For many years, the children of Israel worshipped God, whom we call God our Father. But strange thing, they never knew his name. Or somehow they were not allowed to mention that name. Only the high priest could mention that name, and it is said, I think, where it says that, you know, he could only mention it once every year when he goes into the particular Holy of Holies. But otherwise, it was a name that was nobody dared mention that name because you mention it and you, you are in the wrong, you are dead. And down through the ages that continued, century after century. But then, many years later, just as our sister shared the testimony, Something happened. And in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, the word of God says some interesting word. God changed his mind from hiding his name or hiding that name that they were to mention. He was not personal. Throughout the whole Old Testament, he was not a personal God. He was sort of distant. And he was feared. Even we remember, you remember in Mount, Mount, Mount Sinai, he told them if anybody comes near, to this particular, or even touches the, 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 the fencing, the fencing that had been put around Mount Sinai when his presence came on Mount Sinai. He told them if even an animal, leave alone human beings, even if an animal goes, there's touch, it should be killed immediately. That is the type of God that he is. Yet he changes, he changes, he shifts something and he decides, I want to become personal. And what does he do in Matthew, Matthew chapter 1 verse 21? He says, speaking to Mary, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Praise God. Suddenly, he decides, oh, now uh, uh, I've stayed alone in silence too long. I want them to call my name. I want them to relate to me personally. I want them to experience who I am. Just like our brother was sharing the other day, he wants to be that close shepherd, close to you, he, that you can call him Jesus. You identify yourself with him. I identify myself with him. As if that is not enough. Realize, as he says, for he shall save his people from their sin. Hold that in mind. In Acts chapter 4 verse 8, Acts chapter 4 verse 8 and, and up to 12, Peter says the following. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by, his, by him, this man stands here before you. Oh, this is the stone which was rejected by the BU builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other, 
For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The father came. He didn't want to be called father anymore. He didn't want to be called God anymore. He didn't want to be referred to only as everlasting father. We put on a name on him, we call him Jehovah. You know, all different names that are named in the Old Testament, he does not refer to any of those particular names. He comes and he says, you shall call him Jesus. And then Peter comes and he says, there is no other name. Have you ever had a demon being cast out in the name of the father? Hmm? Have you ever heard a name he said, you know, in the name of Jehovah be healed? No. In the name of everlasting Father be healed. He himself, the everlasting Father, gave that name to you and unto me for a purpose and for a reason. Amen. And it is sad that name is not on the lips of the children of God. It is one of the, sad, one of the saddest calamities in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the foundation upon which we are found. As we, we, we share as the song sang, he is our rock, he is our cornerstone. And yet, that name is very, very sparse, even on our very lips. The ones who are built on that very cornerstone. The ones who are supported by that very cornerstone. Hear what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. Therefore God has also ex highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Listen. That at the name of Jesus. Me, another version says at the mention of the name Jesus. Every knee should bow. Every tongue of those in heaven of those on earth and those under the earth. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, of God the Father. He says, at the mention, just at the mention, not even, you know, simply you wake up and you say, Jesus, at the mention, you're not in church even that you are singing to that name. No, wherever you are, when you are just mentioned, as you mentioned, in your mind as you mention Jesus, something takes effect. Something takes, uh, uh, there is a shift that moves. And put all that in mind. There are many names that we have used. Many names that people have depended on. But I want you to re re realize as you hold that in mind, Look again at Acts chapter 22, verse 6 to 8. This is Paul the Apostle, the persecutor of the church, who was, when he was persecuting the church, this is his testimony. He says, now it happened, from verse 8, chapter 22, verse 6, verse 6 to 8. Verse 6 says, now it happened. As I journeyed and came near Damascus, at about noon, that's when he was going to persecute Christians in Damascus, suddenly, a great light from heaven shone around me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? A voice spoke to him. Now I want you to see his reaction. This is a smart guy. Very, very smart, very alert. That even in the sudden manifestation of something that is other, something that is unusual, 
He is still alert in his mind. He wants to make sure what is this that is happening? From where has this light come from? He's just not jumped on it and said, oh God showed himself to me today. No. Hear what he says. He says, as this first of all, he says, so, so, why are you persecuting me? That's what the voice asked him. He says, so I answer, who are you, Lord? Praise God. Amen. He wanted to identify. He was specific. He just not, did not say, yes, Lord. <laughs> he was specific and the answer comes. Jesus answers and he tells him, he said, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. He wants to be identified by the name the Father has given unto him. My brother and my sister, I want you to learn something. In the preparation of our soils, there is something that this name will do to the soil of your heart. There is something that this name will do to the disposition of your spirit, of your soul, and of your mind. If you learn to declare that name over and over and over and over again. I shared with you a, 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 a vision that I had when I, how in that dream I was very discouraged and I was like a pygmy. You know the pygmy, the people are called pygmies, the small, small, I was shorter than a pygmy because my height in that dream, I was this high from, I was like up to the, up to my knee. That is how tall I was. And I was amongst very tall trees that were right reaching almost into the clouds. And I was feeling lost in the midst of that particular forest. And then the voice came and declared, I had a voice shout to me and tell me, Paul! Declare and say, Jesus is Lord. I resisted and said, why? Why should I? And the voice didn't tell me any reason. It just said, I said, say, Jesus is Lord. I still held back. Say, but what? And then the voice came now thunderous. Very annoying. I said, you say, Jesus is Lord. So I said, I, I got scared and I said, I say, Jesus is Lord. When I said Jesus is Lord, I looked at myself. I realized I grew. I came up somewhere here. See, what is happening? I said again, Jesus is Lord. I came up to here. I grew taller. In that dream, it was a very strange dream. I, I got excited. I said, it appears I'm becoming taller. So I continued, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. To my surprise, I found I reached my height. Jesus is Lord. I became longer and taller and taller until I was taller than all the trees in the forest. I continued, Jesus is Lord. Now I was pumped. I was pumped up. I would look down at all the trees in the forest and I was shouting, Jesus is Lord. Within that time, I was lifted onto my, from my feet. I was flying in the air and I was declaring, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Across the whole, the whole place, I came flying over. To my surprise, I went higher 
and I could look at the sun. The sun was down there. The moon was on the other side. They had eyes. It was a, it was a strange dream or a strange vision. They were all looking up at they were looking up at me, and I continued, Jesus, Jesus is Lord. I, I was in a different, a, different, a different sphere, sensing something different in my spirit. But since that day, I experienced a shift in my heart and a shift in my spirit. Jesus, the name that has been given unto us. Now listen to this. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12 and 13, the word of God says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. You have plowed wickedness, you have reaped iniquity, you have eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own way, in the multitude of your mighty men. He says, break up our fallow ground. You may, some of you, you know, in our, in our present time, because of technology, we have shifted from the natural stuff. We are so much into technology, people don't understand. If I tell like our young people, fallow ground, they will look at me and answer, what is fallow, what is fallow ground? What, are, what do you mean by fallow ground? Because most people don't understand what fallow ground is. Because they, they, they never went to dig. They have not done any gardening. But a fallow ground is a hardened ground. It's like a, a grass. You know, you can see like the grass outside. That is almost like fallow ground. Almost nothing can grow on it. Only grass or weeds will grow on it. If you want to plant anything wood on it, you must dig, remove the grass, remove the roots. And then you can plant the seed on. The rain can come down and it will be sucked into it and it will be able to start growing. So to break our fallow ground is to break our hearts. To open our hearts to the work of the Spirit. And that breaking is by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord wants you to start crying over the conditions in your heart. When you get home, I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 6. Verse 16 and 19 again. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 and 19 again. These are things that we look over and we don't think seriously about them. But these are the things that make our hearts or our soils to be hard, to be rocky, to be thorny, and to resist the work of the Spirit in our lives. I read them quickly and then we shall finish. I'll just touch them briefly and then we shall be through. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, the word of God says, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. One, a proud look. Let me look in my heart and let me look in your, your look in your heart. Is there any pride that is manifested in you? Anytime I look down on my brother or my sister or that family or those people or that race, I look at other people and I feel I'm better, we are better than them. I'm in a better standing than them. That is a manifestation of pride. I, I know better than these characters. They know nothing. He says a proud look. God hates. It is a ground. A ground that the seed of God, the kingdom of God cannot grow in. A lying tongue. There is so much lying in our generation right now. 
and it is manifested even in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We find ourselves lying to one another. God hates it. If our hearts, we're going to have the ground, the kingdom manifested in us, you know what to do. He says, hands that shed innocent blood. Hands that shed innocent blood. Do you have a hatred against your brother or your sister? The Bible says you are a murderer, or I am a murderer if I, if I do that. Anger, bah, hot temper. All those are classed in that group of murderers. If it is manifested in me as a child of God, I have become a, an abomination. The Bible says these seven are an abomination to him. I must get that broken. And it is by the name of Jesus. If you find I'm not able to break this habit, I want you to just take that name, tell them, anytime you feel it coming out, start shouting, Jesus, Jesus, oh Jesus. You'll be surprised at what will start happening. Your, start will, your heart will start breaking. You will not reach out to lash those nasty words across to your brother or across to your sister. Number four, a heart that devises wicked plans. That is a jealous heart. That is an envious heart. Those are the hearts that devise wicked plans because of jealousy and envy. You know yourself, I know myself. Let us cry to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will do something in you and in me. Number five, feet that are swift in running to evil. That is the manifestation of lust. It may be sexual lust. It may be lust for, for, for riches. It may be lust for all sorts of, of things. Lust for fame. Any kind of thing. Those are feet that are quick to run. Because the lust moves us to go stuff. That, to do stuff that is contrary to the will of God. But the name of Jesus is able to stifle the power of those things in our lives. And to calm us down. And to enable us to get onto the narrow path in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number six, a false witness who speaks lies. Have you lived in self-pity? That is a false witness. You are pitying yourself, but that is false because God speaks differently concerning you. But you feel rejected. I am alone. Nobody cares about me. You're a liar because God cares about you. And you have become a false witness. And the Bible is calling us saying this is an abomination. It hinders the work of the Spirit. In times when we are falling into that pit of feeling lonely and useless, may you cry out, Jesus, Jesus. You may not mention anything else. That name has an antidote in it for every particular negative condition in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. And lastly, the one who sows discord among brethren. That is slander, gossip, criticisms, and judgment. We are, all of these things, these are things that we are guilty of. We judge one another, we criticize one another, we tear each other, left, center, and right. The Bible says it is an abomination and it hinders the fruit of the Spirit from being able to come forth in your life and in my life. May the Lord help us. We may be able to grow into understanding what he wants us to be. Is there a sickness in your body? Jesus' name is powerful. I want you to take this antidote of this name. As I finish, I've told you this story, but I'll tell you again. 
during one of the plagues in, in, in Spain, I think it was in Spain or Portugal, Portugal, everybody was dying of plague, or that particular plague. And there was one priest who refused to die. He kept going from village to village and they wondered, why is this guy not dying? All the other people were attending to the people with blood plague were dying. And nobody understood. Then he shared one thing that was common that he was doing, which nobody else was doing. He said, wherever he was going, there was one thing that was on his lips. He would walk up and he's just saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. As he's attending to the sick, he's Jesus, 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 Jesus. Is it your son or your daughter who is rebellious and has completely gone away? Can you start, as you mention his name, just mention Jesus over him. Don't waste time saying that, you know, all this or that. No, that Jesus, Jesus, oh Lord, Jesus, Jesus. That name has the answer for our sickness and whatever. That priest was never touched by that particular plague. He survived all through. Then he realized, he told all the other people who are dying in that village, he told them, you know what? Start saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, he didn't know what was happening, but when they started saying, Jesus, 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 they started getting healed of the plague without treatment. There is power in the name of Jesus. And the word spread over. People found a healing. It is not that they believed what it is that was, they were just all saying Jesus. So they started calling, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. That name is power. Use it. Name it. Mention it. Speak it over and over. Sing it. Just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It has kept joy in my spirit for many, many years. Just declaring that name, Jesus. Father, we give you glory and we give you praise. Lord, I place your name, Jesus, upon your sons and your daughters. Father, dear Lord, I don't understand or know how your name works. But it is the name of Jesus that you have given unto us. I place the lives of your children into your holy hands, O God. I hide them in the name of Jesus. I hide the families of your children in the name of Jesus. Every member of Hope Community Church, Lord, I place those families under the power of this name, Jesus. I place the children of your people, of your sons and daughters, into this name, Jesus. Father, I speak over the health of your sons and your daughters and of the families of your people. I speak Jesus over each and every sickness or every infirmity. I declare Jesus over every oppression, mental, psychological whatsoever. I speak Jesus over each and every one of those conditions. Lord, I declare Jesus over the work and the businesses of your people. Lord, you have promised that we shall blossom even in this season of famine. And so I speak Jesus 
over each and everything that concerns your, the lives of your sons and your daughters. There shall be a difference because of the power of the name of Jesus. I speak Jesus over their souls, over their bodies, over their hearts, almighty King of glory. Father, that Lord, our transformation start to take effect because of the power of the name of Jesus. Those who have not been able to see your word, those who have not been able to receive any revelation, I speak Jesus over their eyes, Jesus over their ears, Jesus over their hearts. Lord, they are open, that their heavens are opened to receive from the throne of grace and from the throne of mercy in the name of Jesus for the glory of your divine name. I speak Jesus over the parts that your children are walking, oh dear God. I speak Jesus into the atmospheres, oh God. Wherever each one of them is walking and moving, oh God, they are shielded. As your word has told us, you will camp around your house. Father, I place the camp of the name Jesus around each one of these beloved ones and those ones who are watching online. I declare safety. I declare good health. I declare restoration. I declare breakthrough. I declare every yoke to be broken. I declare healing over the lives of your children in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this name that has been given unto us. Awaken us to the reality of the power of the name of Jesus.